Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. Happy Saturday. Hope you're all well. Hope you're all looking forward to this evening's game. We're not going to be talking about this evening's game on this particular edition of the show, but we did put out a preview show yesterday evening. So if you haven't checked that out already, if you're watching us on YouTube, it's the last video we posted. And if you're listening via audio, it is the last episode in the feed. So do check it out. Arsenal's trip to Bournemouth is coming up later today, and we previewed it in full on the last episode of the Chronicles of Aguna. But we're here this morning to talk about some transfer news. We're here to talk about a couple of things. We're going to be talking about Nicolas Pepe's future after reports emerged yesterday evening that Nicolas Pepe could be on his way out of the club on loan. He could be returning to the French League and we'll bring you more details and more information on that as well as my thoughts on it. I'd love to get you guys' thoughts as well from the live chat box too. We're also going to be talking Gabriel Martinelli after reports emerged also yesterday evening that Arsenal are opening contract talks with Gabriel Martinelli, which shows that at least the club are being proactive in trying to keep hold of the uh, some of the most promising talent that we have. Uh, let's say a few uh, hellos in the chat box. Uh, big hello to Jason. Uh, who says, good morning, everyone. Match day. Let's go. Big hello uh, to Ethan James George, who in reference to Nicolas Pepe says, we can't afford to lose this player. He can try his best and we all know it. Some people don't even pass the ball to him in the games, so he doesn't get the opportunity to show his skills and what he can contribute to the team. Uh, Big shout out to Luke Williams, who says, morning, hope you're well. Hello, Johan. Uh, big hello uh, to Ian as well, who says, hi, all. I'm happy for Pepe to go, but surely it's got to be a permanent move. Good player, but just not suited to Arsenal. CWHS fans says, Harry, your haircut looks good, but it's one more step to fully becoming Mitrovic. If I t- if I had a pound for every time somebody's called me Mitrovic in the last two weeks, I'd be a millionaire. I wouldn't need to do this. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, big hello to Raphael as well, to Ayush, who says, 
smash the like button into oblivion. Yes, please do. Big hello to Chris Gonzalez, who says, love the content, mate, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, Raphael also goes on to say, hey, Harry, you look like a school teacher with your glasses. I just got these this morning. Just went and picked them up. What do you reckon? Got a, got a different pair as well. Um, but yeah, probably be rotating them. I don't wear them enough. I get headaches. I wear contact lenses. They dry out. They drive me crazy. So yeah, you probably see the school teacher look a lot more in the next uh, the next few weeks. Uh, Ian says, is it Harry or Superman? Clark Kent. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Okay, look. Let's get into what we're here to talk about then. And that is, of course, first and foremost, Nicolas Pepe. So let's tell you what David Ornstein reported, first of all, and then we will break it down and I'll share with you guys my thoughts and ask for yours as well in the live comments. David Ornstein reported yesterday. I'll show the tweet on the screen. Bear with me a second for those of you watching us on video. Uh, there it is. So David Ornstein reported yesterday at 4.11pm that Arsenal are in talks with Nice about sending Nicolas Pepe on loan. He says the deal is not done, but discussions are ongoing with the hope on both sides that it gets there. Arsenal's chances of signing a new winger were always thought to have depended on the 27-year-old leaving. So. Right, let's break this down a little bit. So, talks are ongoing. Let's make it clear this is not a done deal yet, but it's pretty clear to me that Nicolas Pepe doesn't feature heavily in Mikel Arteta's plans. It's pretty clear to me that he doesn't really fancy the player. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily because of what he brings to the table on the ball. I think it's a lot more to do with what he does off the ball. I really do think that. And again, we'll, we'll expand on that a little bit later on. But it feels to me like Arsenal have just accepted and understood that despite paying £72 million for this player over a period of time, of course, this is just not going to work. You know, we're at a point now where the player's unhappy. He's not playing. He doesn't feature in Mikel Arteta's plans particularly heavily. And so why keep hold of him? just for the sake of it. It's like, you know, you buy something, it's no good, it's not fit for purpose, it's not what you wanted, it's not what you needed, it hasn't worked out. Do you just keep hold of it for the sake of it? Do you keep hold of it because of the amount that you forked out? No, I think part of this rebuild that Arsenal has been having to make really tough decisions with players that it was hard to let go. I mean, we saw in the Amazon documentary, Arsenal moved Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang on and you could you know, you you know that there was a problem between he and Mikel Arteta. You know that there was a disciplinary issue. We know and understand all of that. But even still, for the club, having given him this bumper contract not too long prior, having seen what he can do for Arsenal on the at the highest level, having won us pretty much single-handedly the FA Cup, it must have been difficult for the club to let that happen, particularly when they realised that they were going to get absolutely nothing for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. But unfortunately, these are just the types of decisions that you've got to make if you want to move forward. And if Nicolas Pepe is stopping us going out and getting a winger who is much more suited to Mikel Arteta's style, much more suited to Arsenal's game, then it is right that we move him on. But have we always been fair on Nicolas Pepe? First off, first up as a fan base, and secondly, has the management always been fair to Nicolas Pepe? I would argue no. 
And I'm going to come on to that in a in a bit. But let's talk about how his time at Arsenal has gone first. Look, he came in with incredibly high expectations. Natural when you buy someone for 72 million, that you expect them to hit the ground running and you expect them to impact and raise the level of your team straight away. The, the problem was, I think, that pretty early on in his Arsenal career, I think a lot of us realised, you know what, this is a decent player. He's a good winger. He's got a lot of really interesting attributes. He's brilliant at cutting in from that right-hand side onto his left foot. He can find the back of the net. He's a good finisher. I think he is a very good finisher. Has pace, has trickery. There's an unpredictability about his game. But I think many of us very early on started to wonder why on earth Arsenal had sanctioned the £72 million deal for the player. And I remember at the time when it was announced, everybody was really happy and, and buzzing and thinking, wow, Arsenal are back. Not necessarily because Nicolas Pepe was coming in, but because Arsenal had gone into the market and broken the bank to get a signing over the line that fans were excited about. It, but it wasn't so much about the name. It was about the fact that we looked as though we'd returned to the top table after years of being frustrated with a lack of spend and with bad spend and with an ownership that seemed very sort of disconnected from the football club. This was at the beginning of KSE really starting to ramp things things up. And although it proved to be the wrong decision, they were at least willing to back the club and back Raul Sanley at the time in going and getting this deal done. So it, it, it brought an excitement because of the amount of money, I think, more than because people looked at Nicolas Pepe and went, oh, my God, we've got the next Iron Robin here. Um, you know, he's going to cut in from the right hand side every five minutes and put them in the, the top corner. For me, it was that. For me, it was the excitement around the fact that we'd shown that we would spend big money, that we could spend big money, that we could compete for big signings, more so than it was an excitement around Nicolas Pepe, who in truth at the time, I didn't know an awful lot about. But you have to say, looking back on it now, Nicolas Pepe's signing is almost symbolic of how badly Arsenal got things wrong off the pitch during that particular period of time. Straight after the Wenger era, post-Wenger, we got it horribly wrong. Look at how many of those players that came in in that period of time are still with the club, are still in the squad. Nicolas Pepe is probably one of the last. And it looks as though between, between I beg your pardon now and the end of the window, he could be out as well. It's a symbolic transfer in that it highlighted and shone a light on the fact that we were kind of making it up as we were going along, much like Manchester United are doing right now. And that brought frustration. And then we had some disappointing seasons off the back of that. And Nicolas Pepe was always going to be looked at as a as a byproduct of that, given that he arrived when he arrived and given that we spent a large proportion of our transfer budget at the time on him. But was that fair? Well, no, it wasn't because the expectation level around Nicolas Pepe had gone absolutely crazy based on what Arsenal as a football club were willing to pay. But was it in line with what Nicolas Pepe could actually produce on a football pitch? No, it wasn't. It was nowhere near. Nicolas Pepe for me is a £30 million winger. Given that he'd had a great season in France just prior to us signing him, I think if Arsenal had gone and spent £30 million on him, people would have been happy with the deal 
And if it worked, it worked. If it didn't work, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. But to spend £72 million on a player means you simply have to get it right. And even now, you know, even further down the line, when we look at Nicolas Pepe, as I've said before, I, I don't think this is anything to do with what he does in the final third. I think when he came on against Wolves last season, and people will say, look, it's only one game. But when he came on against Wolves last season at Emirates Stadium, it was he who turned the game on its head. It was he who was the catalyst in Arsenal coming back. And it was he who lifted the place by picking up the ball, running at people, making direct runs, getting into the half spaces, getting shots off, being unpredictable. It was he who lifted the feeling, the vibe within Emirates Stadium. And it was he who I think was, as I say, the spark behind Arsenal's brilliant comeback. And it was a brilliant comeback that night, regardless of what happened at the end of the season. It, it was a great night to be an Arsenal fan. It was a really enjoyable night to be inside the stadium. And Nicolas Pepe played a big part in that. So he's shown he can do it. He's shown he can impact games. But I think one of the big issues that Mikel Arteta had with him is, is what he offers off of the ball and what he offers in the defensive phase. And I think there's a lack of trust there between Mikel Arteta and Nicolas Pepe, not because of his commitment, not because of his, um, not because of, you know, the fact that he wanted to make a statement because he was a £72 million that represents a regime prior to Mikel Arteta's that wasn't very good, that wasn't very successful. None of that just because he didn't think that stylistically he could come into this side and do the same job that Bukayo Saka would. So much so that there were games last season, I felt, where after 65, 70 minutes, Bukayo Saka was finished. Finished completely. No energy, nothing in his legs, no gas in the tank. Probably burnt out off the back of what was a really difficult 12 months for him prior in terms of game time. And there was a reluctance on Mikel Arteta's part to go, OK, let's get Nicolas Pepe on and let him go and impact the game. Even when we were chasing goals, this guy had come on and proven in the past that he can come on and make that difference. And Mikel Arteta didn't want to know. And he didn't want to know because he doesn't do the off the ball stuff that Mikel Arteta demands. He doesn't have that positional discipline that Bukayo Saka displays at times. He doesn't protect the right back in the way that Bukayo Saka does at times. And maybe, and again, I'm just speculating here, maybe had Tomiyasu stayed fit rather than us playing with Cedric at right back a lot of the time towards the back end of the campaign, maybe Mikel would have felt that Nicolas Pepe could be trusted to come on in a game. I think the combination of having a, a weaker fullback and then the problem that Nicolas Pepe isn't as defensively disciplined as Bukayo Saka. I think the combination of those two things sort of created that reluctance within Mikel Arteta's mind to use him more. And that's that's disappointing. You know, it is disappointing. It is frustrating. And people say, I never criticise Mikel Arteta. I never criticise Arsenal. I never criticise anything that they do. I'm going to be critical here because I do think that although Nicolas Pepe has never been and never will be a £72 million winger. I do think that Arsenal could have got more out of him than they have. I do think that Arsenal could have managed it differently. I do think that Arsenal could have put their arm around him at times and helped him 
to produce his best. And his best is good. It's effective. His best can impact football matches. So there is, despite him moving out on loan, I think it's the right thing that Nicolas Pepe moves on. Doesn't look like we're going to be able to get a permanent deal this summer, but the hope is, and some reports are suggesting that Arsenal and Nice are in discussions around the potential of a either an obligation to buy or an option to buy clause being inserted in that. And if so, fine. Look, we might not get that. But the, at the end of the day, Nicolas Pepe needs to play football and he needs to score goals and he needs to get back to playing with a smile on his face, hurting defences and maybe in a different team under a different manager where the setup is different. He'll be allowed to be less rigid in his positioning. He'll be relieved of some of the defensive responsibility that Mikel Arteta puts on his players. He'll be relieved of the idea of having to press at every given moment. I think Nicolas Pepe just isn't suited to what we're trying to do. But that doesn't mean I don't have regrets. And that doesn't mean I, I think that we handled and managed the situation perfectly. Bukayo Saka's a bloody good player. So it's no disgrace to be sitting behind him in the pecking order. But I do think that Nicolas Pepe at times could have been given more opportunities to build his confidence up, could have been given more opportunities to help the team in that final third. Was he unlucky last season in the way that things panned out to a degree as well? Yeah, he absolutely was. Because when you don't have Europa League football, you can't give the likes of Nicolas Pepe as much game time if they're not in your starting eleven, if they're not in your best eleven. And in the season prior, Nicolas Pepe, I thought, was very influential in the Europa League. Scored goals, created goals, impacted games. Had he been able to do that last season, had he been able to play six group games, a couple of knockout stage games, build up his confidence, get himself to a level, get himself to a point where he was feeling good again, then he may have been in a better position when called upon to come on and help the team. But you get called on with seven, eight minutes to go. You're cold, you're tired, you, you, you know, you're cold. You're not really into the whole game yet. It takes time. And so to expect miracles from someone who's given very little game time, it's difficult. And um, and so there we are. So, you know, I think, yeah, I think he could have done more. I think we could have done more as a football club to get more out of Nicolas Pepe, but it hasn't worked. And Mikel Arteta, as I've said to you guys on numerous occasions, was not going to be a slave to transfer business that was done in the past. If he didn't think that player fit, if he doesn't think it's right, he's not going to force it because he doesn't really feel any responsibility to, given that it was not his signing and given it was a signing, as I say, made by the previous regime. And so I think Nicolas Pepe's been a bit unlucky in that sense as well. Maybe if Mikel had signed him, maybe if Arsenal had signed him after that, there may have been a greater feeling of responsibility to give him game time, to give him minutes, to work harder with him behind the scenes. I don't know. But that's my feelings on it. He's got to go. He's got to play regular football. And if we're ever going to get any value out of Nicolas Pepe in terms of finances, in terms of recuperating some of that £72 million fee, then, you know, he's got to be playing. And we might have to just let him go out on loan, play football, and then see what we can get for him next summer. Obviously, it'll be less. He'll have less time on his contract. He'll be a year older, etc., etc. But something is better than nothing. And at the moment, we're not getting anything. So let him go. Let him play football. But then what does that mean for Arsenal moving forward? 
are Arsenal going to go out and bring in another winger? Now, according to this very same report from David Ornstein, Arsenal's priority is now to go out and sign a winger. But Mikel Arteta said in his press conference yesterday that he will only bring quality in. He won't sign a player for the sake of it. And that's good to hear, in my opinion. But a lot of fans will feel now that with Nicolas Pepe going, we will be desperate to bring in another winger and that will really ramp up our efforts to do so. Now, I'm not saying that that report is wrong. I'm not saying that that information is wrong. I hope it's right. I hope Arsenal do go and bring in another player between now and when the window closes. But can I put my hand on my heart and say that I am absolutely certain that Arsenal bring in another wide player between now and the end of the window? I can't. And I'll give you my reasons why. Think about who we have in those wide positions, okay? So we've got Saka from the right. We've got Martinelli and Emil Smith-Rowe who predominantly play from the left when they play wide. Fabio Vieira has come in. And I thought it was really interesting that he was asked and, and you know, deployed on the right wing in the under-21s game. I know it's just an under-21s game. I know it doesn't mean an awful lot. And the main goal of him playing that game was to get more minutes and and build his fitness up ahead of uh, integrating back into the squad, hoping he'll be in the squad today, by the way. But it was interesting that he played on the right wing because I had said to you guys when he first arrived, we'd spoken about where he fits in. And I had said to you that I thought there's a good chance that he plays from one of the flanks in the early stages of his Arsenal career. So I just wonder if, given that Martinelli could play from the right, given that Smith-Rowe could play from the right, given that Fabio Vieira could play from the right, given that Gabriel Jesus could play from the right with Eddie Nketiah through the middle. Again, not what I want to see. But given all of those things are options, I just wonder if Arsenal will look at the situation, think there isn't really a standout candidate that they can bring in, that they want to bring in and say, we can get by, we can get by with these options on the right flank. I just wonder, now again, I prefer that we do go out and make the squad as strong as possible. I prefer that we do go out and bring in a top quality winger, but it might not be possible now. And so I am not getting carried away and I am not going to be expecting a winger to arrive. If we get one, great, happy days. I think for me, I'd rather probably assign a central midfielder. But that's just my view. According to The Athletic, according to various reports, Arsenal are looking for a winger. And it does make sense when you think that they did look at Rafinha earlier on in the window and then haven't signed a winger since. We were told Fabio Vieira's arrival wouldn't make a difference to Arsenal's interest in a winger at the time of the signing. But I wonder if that's true. We shall see. We shall see. But yeah, those are my thoughts on it. Um, unfortunate, it didn't work out with... Um, it, it didn't work out with Nicolas Pepe, but there's no point in keeping hold of him, keeping him on the substitutes bench, giving him five, six minutes here and there, giving him some cup games. There's no point in keeping hold of him on that basis. It's our understanding that Arsenal will have to subsidise some of his wages while he's at Nice, but you get some of it off of your plate at least. And um, and as I say, that's, I guess, the only way now to try and build Nicolas Pepe's value back up to the point where we can bring something in for him. So, albeit next summer, but that's, that's kind of what's just got to happen at the moment. So here we go. 
Um, Sooty FM also mentions Marquinhos as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I talked about Marquinhos on the stream that we did yesterday. Another option, another alternative on that right-hand side. Um, and it was interesting, actually. I, I, again, I talked about this on the preview show, but it was interesting that Mikel Arteta, when asked what the deal was with Marquinhos, was very um, insistent on the idea of him staying. Like, he, he, he shut down the loan talk. I must admit, I thought there was a strong possibility having got him over to Europe, Arsenal might look at loaning him out for the first season. But Arsenal have been impressed by him. They've been really impressed by his physicality. They've been really impressed by the way he's settled in. Wouldn't be surprised if we got a glance of Marquinhos or at Marquinhos in the Carabao Cup maybe this season. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? But yeah, there are options. And so, although people are reporting that it's Arsenal's priority now to go out and bring in a winger, I don't think it's such a desperate need that we're going to panic by I think it's a need that the the club have clearly identified, I think, along with another position in midfield as well. But I don't feel like there's a desperation and it's always better to go into the transfer market without that desperation. I mean, look at Manchester United. They've gone into the transfer market in in a desperate way. They've been chasing Frankie de Jong for 15, 16 weeks now, and they've still not managed to get that deal over the line. So they've now turned their attention to Casemiro, who's a totally different profile of player. Now, maybe Eric Ten Hag has looked at the way United have started the season, looked at the fragility that they've shown in the middle of the park, which they absolutely have, and gone, I need a Casemiro. And maybe that's changed or shifted his priorities around. I don't know. But they've paid like, they've paid nearly, they're going to pay basically nearly £70 million for a, a 30-year-old. He's a good player, Casemiro. But it just goes to show that when you enter the transfer market in a state of panic and in a state of disarray, clubs will take the piss out of you. And Real Madrid have done exactly that to Manchester United. Real Madrid are laughing all the way to the bank. They've brought Chuamani in. They brought Camavinga in last season. They've got more than adequate cover for Casemiro. And so to get that kind of money for a player who's in his 30s and, you know, probably isn't going to get better. <laughs> I think they're, they're laughing. But that's that again, it goes back to that point. If you're desperate, people will take the piss out of you. And Arsenal, the good thing is now, are not desperate to bring in a winger because of all the options that we've discussed. If the right opportunity presents itself, by all means, make it happen. Go and do the business. Go and do the deal. But we are not desperate, and I like that. Okay, one other bit of news I just wanted to touch on, and then we'll take a few of your questions. According to reports, Mark Mans Bryans, I think, was the one that first put this out. Let me just double check. I hate not giving the right person credit uh, for a story. Mark Mann Bryans of uh, Press Association Sport. Uh, yep, he tweeted yesterday um, at 7.27 p.m. Mark has been on this show, actually, in the past. Not for a long time, but he has been uh, on this show back in the day. Good lad, good guy. Um, he has tweeted saying, let me just make that larger for those of you that are watching on video. Understand that contract talks with Gabriel Martinelli have recently opened, expected to be on much improved terms, would be seen as a reward for the fine form, given he still has plenty of time to run on current deal and the club already has an option to extend by a year. Arsenal being proactive, who'd have thought it? Arsenal being proactive. That's what I like to see. That's what I want to see. I want to see Arsenal recognising 
who it is that they need to keep for the long term. Understanding that sharks will be circling. Understanding that in the event that these players do push for a move away and we do have to let them go, we need to be in a position of power, in a position of strength from which we can demand the best fees possible. So to see Arsenal doing this and and, and essentially rewarding Gabriel Martinelli, which he absolutely deserves, by the way, because he was brilliant at the back end of last season. He started this season really, really well. There was a, a lot of question marks around him and Mikel Arteta's relationship earlier on um, in Arteta's reign. And I think that, no, I think Mikel Arteta was proven right to kind of let him recover from that knee injury properly, give him the kind of education that he needed tactically, because right now he's a much better player. He doesn't just play 100 miles an hour for 90 minutes. He's much more calculated in, in the way he uses and exerts himself, uses his energy and exerts himself. He is much more effective in that sense. It means he can last 90 minutes, which wasn't something that you could say uh, of Martinelli in the past. He'd often burn out quite quickly because of how high um, his intensity is and because of how much energy he plays with. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there's uh, there's lots and lots to be positive about um, with this. And, and as I say, it's great to see that Arsenal have been proactive. It's great to see that Arsenal are recognising that even with a long time to run on, on his contract, they can't afford to rest on their laurels. And we've done that so many times in the past and we got burnt by it. So let's let's go again. Let's reset. Let's make sure that we're, you know, well, we have reset, you know, and, and let's make sure that we're now alert to all of these situations and making sure that we're on top of them. Really, really good positive noises. Not quite news yet, but noises. When the, the, the news will be when the contract is signed and that's done and dusted, but we'll take it for now. Okay, I'm going to take a couple of your questions uh, before the end of the live stream. Don't forget, quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, you can check out our preview for the game against Bournemouth, which is coming up in around about, what, five, six hours time uh, from the Vitality Stadium. Arsenal travelling down to the South Coast, looking to make it three wins out of three at the start of the season for the first time since the 2004-2005 season. So come on, Arsenal. Let's get it done. Um, OK, let's take a couple of the questions from the live chat. Let me just pick some out. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Uh, Hank says, we cut our losses, FC Harry. When you're dealt a shit pack of cards, when you're dealt a load of nonsense that had been done in the past, that's all you can do is cut your losses. That's how I see it. Uh, Tebow says, I'm coming from Belgium to watch the game versus Everton. Will you be there as well? Yeah, I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there. Just drop me a message. I'll be there. I'll be there. Um, what else have we got? Uh, here we go. Comdine uh, Masumi says, what do you think about getting Turam from Nice as a backup for Partey? Um, I don't really know a lot about him, if I'm being honest. So I don't really want to pretend that I know loads and loads and and I understand or know whether he'd be a good fit. You're talking about Kefren Turam. Um, mate, I mean, I'll take your word for it that he's a, he's a good player. Again, I don't know an awful lot about him, but he is someone that I will have a look into um, for sure. 
But yeah, I, I don't know a lot about him and I, I really don't want to be that guy that pretends to know something when they don't. That's that's where I'm at. Um, I don't know an, an awful lot about him. And uh, and so I couldn't tell you whether I think he'd be a good uh, replacement for Thomas Partey. But we do need someone who can play that role. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Uh, Ayush says, Harry, what sort of new challenge does Casemiro <laughs> want to undertake at United? How much money can he earn? It doesn't make sense, man. I mean, to to leave Real Madrid, the reigning European champions. I know, look, that on the one hand, you could say, why would you ever leave Real Madrid? But he has won it all there. So I get that. I kind of get why he might be tempted by a new challenge. But if he was tempted by a new challenge, he'd be going elsewhere because there would be no shortage of takers for a player of Casemiro's quality. Nobody's going to pay 70 million quid for him like Manchester United have. And actually, Manchester United do need him. Like they, He's an instant upgrade on Fred. He's an instant upgrade on McTominay. People kept talking about Frankie de Jong throughout the summer and, and the need for that kind of deep-lying playmaker. But they also need a bit of presence in there. And Casemiro gives you that. But you can't help but feel this is a, a move on his part driven solely by finances. Because otherwise, it doesn't make sense. There are no footballing reasons to join Man United right now, are they? Uh, Pat says, do you think Ben White could play the Partey role? It's it's not a bad option. Um, it's not a bad option at all. He reads the game well. He makes challenges. He's quite physical. He can progress the ball. It's not the worst idea in the world. Um, I think that Mikel Arteta would probably prefer to look at his alternative midfield options first. But yeah, you're right. I think that's one that you should probably consider, particularly if everybody else is fit and you can play Saliba, Gabriel at centre-back, um, Tommy Asu at right-back, then why not? Why not? Uh, Russ Morgan says, uh, do you see us keeping Marquinhos uh, for the whole season or do you see him going out on loan at some point? I thought he might be sent out on loan this summer. But Mikel Arteta, as I say, shut that down yesterday in his press conference. So now I'm wondering. I think Arsenal will probably assess him for the first half of the season. I think they'll look at him. I think they'll probably give him some minutes in the Carabao Cup and, and some of the um, the cup competitions and then make their decision there. If they think he's at the level where he can compete, then I'm sure they will keep hold of him and keep him in and around the club. But I think that if they see that he's a little bit short, then maybe alone is the right way. And also, this could well be dependent on whether Arsenal go out and get another winger as well, because if they do, that probably knocks Marquinhos further down the pecking order, which limits his game time even more, and then means that alone is probably a better option. So, going to be interesting to see, but I wouldn't be surprised if he went out on loan in January, for example, despite Mikel Arteta for the time being, uh, telling us that he's going to stay put. OK, uh, that brings us to the end of the stream. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in. Please do, if you haven't done so already, leave a like on the video. It really, really does help. Also, subscribe to the channel if you're new and if you're listening on the audio platforms. And please do leave us a review there as well. Um, we'll be back later tonight. We'll be back after uh, the game, uh, maybe an hour or so hour and a half or so after the full-time whistle to react to the game against Bournemouth. And then we'll be breaking it down a bit further on Sunday morning with a tactical look back at whatever the outcome of that game is. Uh, don't forget, as I say, subscribe, leave a like. I'll catch you all very, very soon and uh, up the Arsenal. Take care, guys. All the best. Have a great one.
I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.